From the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center in Blacksburg, Virginia, it's Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023, and this is TSL Today. We hope you enjoyed the new audio format of TSL Today as we shift toward a quick and easy news update on everything Hokie sports for your commute home. I'm your host, Carter Hill, and today we discuss Brent Pry's Week 6 press conference, including what was working for the Hokies on Saturday, the emergence of base Shaw Tutin, an update on Nazir Peoples, and Pry's first thoughts on the weekend as the Florida State Seminoles await the Hokies in Tallahassee. That's all coming up next on TSL Today. There's just more smiles. I think everybody was, uh, it was a gratifying win. Just so much work and sacrifice. And I think the coaches and the players did a nice job ignoring the noise, concentrating on the game and the, and the preparation. And I think it paid off. But uh, so Sunday was, was certainly a uh, lot more smiles in the building. And, and, uh, but at the same time, plenty to correct. Well, that was Virginia Tech head coach Brent Pry opening up his weekly press conference after the much-needed 38-21 victory over the Pitt Panthers this past weekend in Lane Stadium that moved the Hokies to 2-3 and three on the 2023 campaign. Now, what went right for Tech on Saturday night? Well, quite a bit. I mean, that was one of the more fun games in recent Lane Stadium history, and it kind of all starts with Bayshaw Sutton, who's probably the most dynamic player in the Hokies offense right now, if I were to maybe have a pick. 24 carries, 109 yards on the ground, and four catches with 37 yards and a touchdown in the air back on Saturday night. Here's Coach Pry on his performance. Yeah, I do feel like the last game was his best. Um, you know, he got the touches that he needs to get whether he was handed the ball or thrown the ball. I think he's got to continue to uh, get himself in shape to, to, to get that many touches. Um, we're working on that this week. But uh, I think he's another guy, honestly, that can only get better and better. Uh, he's a big part of our offense. And I think he, um, you know, the playmaking ability he has, I think we're, we're starting to see that. We're starting to benefit from that. And he's got to be a big, big piece of – of what we do offensively for us to be successful. Now, how about the offense as a whole? 38 points, which was the most in the Brent Pry era. That's not all, though. Over 400 yards, which was only the third time that's happened in the Brent Pry era. And Pry just talked about the need to get Bayshaw Tootin the ball more. But as a whole, what did the Hokies do well offensively? I think, uh, you know, you have to do two things. You have to You have to look at your own group, your own unit, and what are the things we can do well? What are the things we need to, to minimize? I thought we did a good job of that, playing to our strengths. And then you look at the opponent and that unit, and you say, okay, where are their weaknesses? Where are their strengths? So I thought we had a good plan, and we got it in place early where we had a chance to practice it a bunch. Guys got comfortable with it, particularly Kyron, and we were able to go out and, uh, and execute it. Um, you know, again, it's – we can sit in there all all day long and come up with lots of good stuff that makes sense to us as coaches, but it has it has to make sense to the players. And I thought uh, it was a good mix. There was you know sideline to sideline plays. There was still handoffs up the middle. Uh, there was play action. There were shots. There were screens. Just a you know when I look at it through defensive coordinators' eyes, there's a lot to defend in what we did. 
Tech was stifling defensively, too. I mean, the Hokies held Pitt to just 273 total yards, only 38 on the ground. And they also limited the Panthers to just 2 of 10 on third down, which is pretty darn good. Brent Pry on who to praise for that performance. You know, Coach Marv's done a terrific job, and I think uh, each week they've gotten better. Um, but, uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, a, a team that had really run the ball well, uh, you know, over the years um, and then, uh, you know, even this season. And uh, I thought they had a great plan in place. I thought Chris and, and the staff did a really good job of executing the plan. The players did. Uh, stuck, you know, stuck with the script and uh, – Kept Pitt off schedule, and you know that was that made the difference. <clears throat> We're not happy with the explosive plays. We got to make them earn it all game long for four quarters. So we got to improve there. But uh, you know, I think the other thing is just the leadership and the mentality that Chris is just, you know, the way that defense approaches the game and play hard to the finish and rally to the ball and stick together. That's uh, a credit to Chris. I'll tell you what, it really is impossible to put a bow on the victory without talking about Kyron drones, right? I mean, the Baylor transfer accounted for, what, five touchdowns? Yeah, five touchdowns. The first for a Tech quarterback since 2017 when Josh Jackson did it against East Carolina in Greenville. He kind of really solidified himself as the starting quarterback, you would think, going forward, though, right? Well, let's listen to what Brent Pry had to say about that. Yeah, I, honestly, right now, I don't have to, we don't have to answer that question. We got to see what kind of week Grant has. Um, he's uh, he's got to get well, but obviously I'm super excited, and so is the staff about the game that Kyron played and the progress he made from the previous week to this week. And you know I'm anxious to go see him play again and and play well. You know we got to put a great plan together for him, and he's got to execute it. Looking ahead a little bit more now to this weekend's matchup against Florida State, it's also important to note that Nazir Peoples is still marked as questionable for this upcoming weekend, but is, quote, getting close, according to Brent Pry. With the way the Seminoles like to run their offense, how big would it be to get Peoples back? Let's listen. Yeah, he's just, again, he's, he's a six-year guy. He's really steady. He doesn't get flustered. He's a great communicator. He does have good size uh, to match up in the boundary. Um, we've missed him, and uh, you know, from a depth standpoint, some of the things we've had to do, uh, from a communication standpoint, from a physicality standpoint, uh, you know, so we're anxious to get him back, and he's worked really hard at a recovery. So, what kind of opportunity do the Hokies have on their hands this weekend in Tallahassee? Top five team. Nationally televised on ABC, playing in that kind of atmosphere. Doe Campbell Stadium, obviously one of the best in college football. It's going to be tough. But what kind of opportunity do the Hokies have? Here's Brent Pry. It's an opportunity to be 1-0 this week. You know, We need to be a better team this week than we were Saturday. And uh, we talked about that in our team meeting on Sunday. Uh, that's the emphasis today. We've got to identify as the keys to success against Florida State. What do we need to do well? to give each face a, a chance to play well and win the game. And uh, you'll work hard at that all week, but you know, we want to be 1-0 this week. So what exactly stands out about Florida State? Let's listen. I think it's a tremendous challenge. I think this group of wideouts, arguably one of the best in the, in the league, if not in the country. Um, and they got a quarterback that can deliver the ball. He's patient. He makes great decisions, good reads, uh, can extend plays. 
But, uh, you know, they got a guy that's six 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 seven with a great catch radius. Um, and then certainly uh, number four, I mean, this guy can run great routes. He's got good speed, scary with the ball, uh, really good ball skills. They got a tight end that's a – can be a matchup problem. They get their backs out of the out of the backfield into their routes a ton. Um, so, you know, it's a dynamic pass offense altogether, and then they've got the playmakers to make it really dangerous. And sure, the Seminoles are ultra talented offensively, no doubt about that. But how about the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I, I think they're dominant up front. You know, as I mentioned, I think those guys—they're big, they're strong, uh, they separate. Uh, the verse kid can do anything. Uh, he, he's he's a he's a run stopper. He's a pass rusher. Um, you know, he, he's very good. But I think they're good inside. They got strength and size on the interior. Um, so you know we got our hands full up front with this group. Well, it will be quite the challenge for Virginia Tech on Saturday afternoon as the Hokies look to try and make it two in a row and move to three and three in 2023. Let's get in a quick ad read before we go. This episode of TSL Today is brought to you by the Hokie Way. The Hokie Way supports student athletes in leveraging their name, image, and likeness to amplify the mission of charitable organizations as a way to give back to the community. Your contributions to the Hokie Way support Hokies and IL are tax deductibles. Visit thehokieway.org to learn more. Well, we got so much more content coming up on TSL this week. Of course, Chris Coleman, as always, will have his game preview. The podcast crew gets to go on this Thursday again for a full preview of Saturday's matchup between the Hokies and Seminoles. And I'll be right back here tomorrow for another edition of TSL Today as David Cunningham joins me to talk about Media Day for both tech men's and women's hoops. I'm Carter Hill, and that was your Tuesday installment of TSL Today. TSL Today.